And without any further ado, I want to introduce our speaker this morning, my daughter. And I'm looking forward to this. The message is a move of God. And uh, I'll just go ahead and say, you're Heather's daughter too. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right. Thank you, honey. Let's go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, family. I know I usually get to do announcements sometimes or missions reports, but get to actually speak a whole sermon. I'm really excited to just be with you guys and talk to you about what the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about. Share some, you know, like when you talk to your family members about what's been going on, we're going we're gonna to do that. Um, I love what Robin did, Move of God. Um, in that, I just thought color green really struck me when she put that on this morning. We didn't talk about it, but um, I just saw that like as just a symbol of green is a symbol of new, the new shoots in the ground of hope, new beginnings. Um, so, you know, I was going back and thinking, okay, well, you know, there's been a lot of prophecies around the body of Christ the last couple of years, especially since the pandemic, about how um, you can feel in the currents that we know the Lord is going to pour out on the earth in a new and mighty way. And um, he's already doing that in people's lives and has been doing that. He's been giving us little tastes of what's to come. But I thought, um, you know, we are thinking about the great moves of history and of God and through history, right? We think about uh, if, you've, if you have known the Lord or if you've been a Christian, there's been times these outpourings that have happened throughout church history. So some of them that you might be familiar with, you might have heard um, the Azusa Street Revival, which was early 1900s in Los Angeles, great outpouring of the Spirit, many, you know, uh, which that was actually, a lot of people don't know, this precursor to that was actually the Welsh Revival, a revival very close to my heart, my husband's Welsh, um, which is the, the modern-day um, Pentecostal church as we have it today with singing and waiting on the Lord to speak and Holy Spirit-inspired preaching. I mean, but then you go, okay, well, that, I mean, it had to have happened before that. Well, yeah, of course. So you go, okay, well, maybe it's, um, you know, when was the first move of God? Was it Pentecost? That's a good guess, right? Um, and we are going to talk a little bit about Pentecost, too. Uh, but the Holy Spirit said, I actually want to go back even further than Pentecost. I thought, when was the first move of God? And the Lord took up, uh, well, the very first verse of the Bible. So could you put the very first verse of the Bible up? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, this word hovering, it's a little bit, I don't feel like that's the best translation for it, because when you do look up that word, and even in the King James Version, uh, it says that that word is moved or sweeping. So the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. It was sweeping back and forth across the face of the waters. So uh, I was also thinking about this word. So, okay, so we're going, this is just the very first verse of the Bible. So. You know, you know a lot about someone, you know, the way they choose to introduce themselves. Like of all the things that God could have said, of all the ways he could have introduced and began our story, he begins with this. Okay, 
That's the Lord. I'm going to introduce myself and my plan. I'm just going to, right in the beginning, so the Holy Spirit was saying, there's a little bit more here that I want to talk to you about. So we see that the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form, unformed and void, just unfilled and empty. Um, There wasn't even an earth that was created yet. There was just this stuff called darkness. It's really interesting that in the very first verses of the Bible, we already have darkness being introduced, which I thought, okay, Lord, that makes sense. When we're born, when we come into this earth, we're born into darkness. There's something here that was here before we got here, and it was there. And so uh, I was thinking the Holy Spirit Well, actually, here, I want to go to this next verse. So this is what happens next. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light, and it was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So evening and morning were on the first day. So the Lord was showing me, you know, here in the beginning, we have this concept of darkness. We have the Holy Spirit beginning to move. And then we have God coming in and initiating by speaking a word and bringing light. So if you go, some of you who know the Lord, you go to John, uh, first chapter of John, and you guys can put that verse up too, because I want to explain real quick. Because we have Father God involved in in creation. We have the Holy Spirit hovering. But we go, okay, well, where's Jesus? Because we know that God is three parts in one. And here it says, in the beginning was the word. So that's the spoken word of God. He's speaking, let there be light. And the word was with God. Okay, yep. And the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. This part gets a little wordy, but we're getting there. In him was life, and the life as the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. So here we go. So we have God speaking the word and light, which is bringing Jesus into the atmosphere. So let's go back to Genesis for just one minute. So what happens in Genesis 1, 3 through 5, God says, let there be light. And there comes a separation. The darkness begins to scatter and flee. And we have this moment of creation. So that's kind of the context of just what I wanted to talk about for a minute, because we hear in Revelation, the word says, that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the world. Well, that sends that in the end of the book. Here we are in the beginning of the book, and you see that that's what's happening. We see that Jesus is coming in light, and he is scattering. He's separating the light from the darkness. The darkness is fleeing. It can't comprehend it. It can't overcome it. So here in the very first moment of creation, what I wanted to tell you is that that darkness, those things that have come against you since birth, before the earth was even founded on its own axis, before the worlds were created, God saw your adversary and he sent Jesus to deal with it. Completely deal with it. This is just when the story's beginning. So I love it because there's something about God, uh, you know, he refers to himself through the word as the Alpha and Omega many times. Um, it's in Revelation three times he calls himself, Jesus calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. When God introduces himself to Moses, he says, 
I am, which means who was and is and is to come. I just, I am, I'm here. And that completeness of the love of God from the story, from the very first words of the story, there's a completeness of the work of creation. And we know if, as we read more uh, through creation, we see how the Lord compares us through scripture towards, you know, we are made of the earth. Okay, the earth gets created, the actual physical earth gets created a little bit uh, further down. We see this concept of seeds being planted and um, reproducing seeds and harvesting seeds. And we know that we are earth and dust. And the Lord brings this completion to our earthness. And uh, I want to, here, let me skip to this part right now. <laughs> so yes, I said God's first act of creation is dealing with something that existed before we were even made and sending Jesus the light to deal with it. So when we are in darkness, what happens first is the Holy Spirit comes and moves upon us. You know, there's parts of us that we would say are formless and void. There's parts that feel um, contested where there's like a face of darkness coming against us. And the Holy Spirit brings his, his light and uh, illuminates, brings Jesus into that picture. So, um, yeah, so going back for a minute about that completeness of the Lord. Um, I was thinking about when the Bible says that the sound of the Lord is like, the voice of the Lord is like the sound of waters. I don't know if you've heard that before. I'm talking about some different concepts in scripture because a lot of people say, I want to hear the voice of God. And um, I was meditating on that and thinking, because the Lord's been saying in this new, this move of God that he's going to bring, that he's going to be bringing new sounds. And I thought, well, what about the old sounds? What about the ways that you've shown up in scripture before now? What about those sounds? And the voice of the Lord being like the sound of many waters, when you, hear, when you hear a whole matter being spoken from beginning to end, if you think about someone maybe talking really fast and going, okay, like, and you say, well, what about this? And they go, you think, I thought, you know, Lord, what if that sound is the swiftness of your voice speaking the fullness of the matters that concern us from start to finish just in that moment? What if when you come and speak and you say, let there be light, and that light comes in and Jesus is illuminated, and either you're illuminating something of a place where there needs to be repentance or illuminating a place where there is um, a need for physical healing or illuminating a place where there's a need for deliverance, and that, that that moment when you say, let there be light, and Jesus comes in, that that sound, that whole matter is just completed in that one moment. And I think what stirs me is just the complete victory of the Lord that's happened from verse 1. And I know after the New Testament, it's like we're, it's almost like the clock was going one direction up until Jesus's birth. We see that BC, before Christ. And then on a, I think it's Anno Domini, which means after death. It's like the clock almost starts to go backwards, where we're getting back to what the Lord intended for us here at the beginning. And, uh, and it's really neat because that's why when people say like we're in the last days, well, the last day started when Jesus was born, like we're on the second half of the ride, <laughs> which is good. It's good to be born in this time. 
but yeah, and that's what the, that completeness of of the voice of the Lord and a completeness. And you know, I was talking to Dad, and he said, you know, well, the questions are. Will you invite God into your life, invite the initiation of the Holy Spirit movement and fresh revelation, fresh light of Jesus into your world? Like, will you open up your heart to that? Uh, Will you give God the right to his creative power in your life again? If there's a place uh, of darkness in you that is resistant to him, that's hovering over you, and when you want the Holy Spirit to have victory over that, um, and inviting that illumination of Jesus's light. I mean, there's so much in physics we know, like when he said, let there be light, that power that went forth, they say the universe is still expanding, that that power of Jesus's complete conquering is still going, like it never ends. That's why it says to his reign, there will be no end. It began and it will not end. So that like the places inside of me where I'm not open to the Lord's full illumination or reigning, mostly because of shame, mostly because we're scared, if we're honest, right? Like, that's really the place. You don't want to illuminate that darkness. You don't want the Holy Spirit to move, so you resist it because you want to control it because you're afraid of what's going to happen if that part gets exposed. I don't know why it's touching me so much. I think because every single person knows what that's like. And I just love the, the kindness of God to come in, in his first introduction to us to say, like, I have come and brought my son. I brought, I brought the Holy Spirit to move upon you. And I brought my son immediately to deal with the darkness. Immediately. It's the first act of business before you're even made. Just the tremendous love of Father God that just began and ended the matter for you in the very first verses. You know, so... Anyway, so I got excited about that because I just, I love, and we see the way, like, and also God chooses to, to introduce to us, and it's, <clears throat> it's revealed a little by, you know, that Holy Spirit, uh, Raymond Revelation, but he wants us to show, to show us right in the beginning that he's operating as a three-in-one. You know, we see evidence of the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Son all working together in the very beginning. And so then we, when we go back to, now, this is the fun part. So that's, that's the, the first kind of, we can say, okay, this is how the Lord moved the first time. And it sets the precedent. The precedent is that it's done. Every single place where there is lack, where there's bondage, where there's brokenness, where there's darkness, every single place God has made provision for in its wholeness. There is nothing, nothing that will lack that is away from the touch of the Father in your life. And that's one of the things I feel the the Holy Spirit pressing on me today is that uh, there could be, like Dad said earlier, an addiction that you've fought for your whole life, you know? Or there could be a relationship that's so difficult for so long and you're just so heartbroken. I'm not crying for myself. I feel the compassion of the Holy Spirit. I I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying there could be a loss. A loss that you just never thought you could get over. You know? But there's something about Jesus' love and his light that comes and it brings a healing that is uh, beyond the healing of this world. It goes beyond... 
See, the light of Jesus, it transcends. We're in a, a you know, three-dimensional, four-dimensional world. But the reality of the light of Jesus is that it permeates our soul, our spirit, our physical bodies. It has creative power. I mean, we hear, have the Holy Spirit moving in creation. If the Lord can create all of the universe and all of its inhabitants and fullness in this concept of what he deems seven days, how much more can the Lord set right the universe within you that has been disordered and chaotic? How quickly? And he already planned to do that, and he already did it. And it's available. And I just, I'm sorry, I guess I'm just a weeping, weeping prophet. Yeah. But I just filled with the compassion of the love of God because there are things that the Lord has settled for you. And as we step into these days where he moves upon you, and this is what I want to talk about in Pentecost, because the movement of the Holy Spirit, that sweeping, that is this precursor to the revelation of the light and complete victory that we have in Jesus the wholeness. That's why we see miracles, because a miracle is bringing the spiritual reality of the completed work and the wholeness that we have in Christ, and it's bringing it down into our natural world. So as we step into these times, we want to be prepared as the body of Christ to be able to know what is the foundation right now for what God's doing. The foundation was, well, he's He's finishing what he started. <laughs> he's the Alpha and Omega, and he's bringing his intentions for the creation of the earth, his intentions for the creation of man, and he's bringing them into completeness and fullness. And so I want to go to Pentecost for a minute because I feel like this is, um, you know, like <laughs> there's been a lot of sermons um, and really great sermons preached on Pentecost. Uh, especially like around Pentecost, which is it's interesting because this is before Easter, so we're going a little bit early. But um, so how the Holy Spirit, just so you guys know, it's in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. That's what I'm talking about. But how the Holy Spirit chooses to show up and reveal himself for the first time in the New Testament, it does the same thing that it did when God, uh, you know, in, you know, Bible college, they have this thing called the law of first mention, you know, the way that the Lord chooses to introduce himself in the first time, it, you know, that there's a precedence to that. So we see, we know that, that Jesus actually says, after, well, before he ascends, he says, I'm going to send the helper. You want me to leave. And I think it's because Jesus is kind of like, you know, if I'm here, like, as a physical being, I can just be one place at once, you know. Um, but when I leave, the Holy Spirit can be, you know, have access to me and the Father everywhere all at once. So, I mean, I, I do think that Jesus is also, like, it, he's, it's a numbers game. <laughs> it's quite practical. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, me, one person, one, Holy Spirit, all. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I do love that about the Lord. I think sometimes I tend to overcomplicate the simple things of God. Like, <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah, so, again, thinking about movements, movement of the Holy Spirit, so we, I'm just going to go, for some of you that aren't familiar, this is what happens. Jesus ascends to heaven, and then he says, I'm going to send this helper, which is my spirit, the Holy Spirit, to lead you into all truth and to complete this work to get us back to, um, you know, when I return again and come on a white horse. Actually, ironic, not 
He says at that time, I'm the Alpha and Omega, which is, again, I'm here to finish what I started. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. So this is something interesting. So they hear this sound of rushing wind, right? So it's like that. That's what I think. That's like my best. Thank you. I have a son. They're good at sound effects. But I was interesting because I thought, you know, that kind of sounds a little bit like rushing water as well. So I thought maybe the voice of God. I'm sure it's hard to describe. Like when you, when you hear it, you know what it is. Like that. I just want to do that again. Um, so they hear this sound like rushing wind. So I love this because the Lord says like, you can hear me. They heard me before they saw me. Which you, you guys have said, you, you say that about kids running around, right? Kids that are moving really fast. You can, hear them, you can hear them coming before they're here. So I think that's really interesting that the Holy Spirit's like, I'm gonna, you're going to hear me before you see me, which I think is really nice. You know, so it connotates there's movement already. And then uh, they see this manifestation of what seems like tongues of fire, which I'm not even sure, like, I kind of wish you like, could you describe it a little bit better? I mean, you guys, we always see it like on the picture, like, uh, you know, so I'm sure that's what it was like. But um, so they were filled and they begin to speak with new tongues and languages that testify about the wondrous works of God. So we see when there is a movement of God, there are new signs and wonders. So that's where we get this precedent of there's a new sound, there's a new sign, there's a new tongue. Okay, so when people are saying, okay, the Lord's going to do a new thing, well, that's, that's really what he likes to do. And I just think, oh, the great expanse of the creativity and knowledge and wisdom of God, like how infinite is his ability to show up and do something a new way? I can't even do that kind of math. It's just going to be, there's, there's infinite ways for the Lord to do something new. And I love, I, I'm not sure... I think Amanda and I were talking about this once, but I think it's a profound thought, is that allow the Lord to be as creative in how he touches and moves upon someone as he is with you, because we're so brilliantly unique to the Lord. And like, don't get hemmed in by thinking, well, the Lord didn't speak to me the way they spoke to that person, or I don't hear them the way that they hear them, because as brilliant and beautiful as your own physical DNA is, so is your relationship with God. You know, and you think about, again, the expanseness of the universe and that universe the Lord's put inside of you, that spiritual DNA, that physical DNA, that there are new, there are ways that the Lord will speak to you and be with you that he has never spoken to anyone before and never been with anyone before. Like, you're that special. The Lord loves you that much. That he wants to move upon you, to speak to you, to be with you in these intimate and creative ways. So <laughs> I like this, thinking about movements. So the Holy Spirit falls <laughs> on all these people in the upper room. I think it was 120. And... There's no reference point for this. And they start declaring these wonderful works of God. We know that they spoke in some, I think, new tongues, like heavenly tongues, but they also spoke in 
languages that were already uh, being spoken around the world. So much that when it, people heard them in the streets, they heard their own languages, uh, people prophesying the wondrous works of God. And uh, so there's no reference point for this. So, you know, and this is the thing, you're always going to have, when the Holy Spirit's moving, you're always going to have um, resistant mockers that want to call it something that it's not. What they're familiar with are their only reference points. So you have these mockers that say, they're obviously drunk, <laughs> right? Because what happens when you're drunk is that you typically don't have full control of your mouth. I don't know if anybody didn't know Jesus till later in life, but maybe you have some testimonies about not having full control of your mouth. Don't want to bring up two, but sometimes people make phone calls when they're drunk. They wish they didn't make, say things they wish they didn't say. And then also when you're drunk, you know, you get pulled over by the police. Again, not happened to me, hallelujah. And but you, they say you need to walk a straight line. And you typically, when you're drunk, don't have full uh, control of your movements. So we go, okay, so I think it's really funny that the Holy Spirit was like, I'm, you know, they're, they're wanting to experience me in my fullness. And I'm going to, as they've yielded to my presence, I'm going to to move where I'm moving in their physical bodies and moving in their mouths. And I love that because, you know, alcohol is this cheap counterfeit for this real need that God wants to and given, has given us provision to fill. And um, that is such a basic thing in society. Like people have a bad day, like, oh, I, just, I just wish I could have a drink. It's just something that is gone to, that is a legitimate need to be filled with the presence of God. Because we live in this compressed, harassed time where we need a daily and nightly filling of the Holy Spirit to meet these unmet needs. We need the Holy Spirit to help us relax at night from this really stupid, harassed world. Like, you go out some days and you come back and you feel like you have been beat up emotionally, mentally, or maybe even physically been beaten. It happens. And you need the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but I wanted to speak to that because, like, again, I think, you know, the enemy clouds so much in shame. There are so many legitimate desires inside of you that the Lord wants to and can and will meet for you. He has that provision. And he wants to. And there is no shame in that because every single person in this room knows what it's like to feel that way. Promise you. And all the ministers that come and minister to you um, on Sunday mornings, they're here for you. If the Lord has started to shine his light on an area that you want to completely give over to him or uh, invite his light in to come. Because something that happens when we, the Holy Spirit moves on us and we're open to his movement and that's, that's something that, uh, well, yeah, the, one of the main things that happens is that, you know, it says that the darkness can't comprehend it, it scatters. So when there's demonic oppression that's happening, we have a ministry here, deliverance ministry, when people have been bound, have given over parts of their soul to the reign of the enemy, the Lord shines that light on it. And it's not funky or weird, it's just, if you hand over the keys to your house to somebody that's not great, and then they won't give them back. You might need to call in a helper to evict the person. You're like, I made a mistake. I gave him the keys. 
uh, help me get the keys back and get my house back. That's it. That's deliverance ministry in a nutshell. So don't, it's don't overcomplicate it. They don't have power because Jesus said, guess who has all the keys to death and hell in the grave? He just jingles the keys. He's like, I got the keys, you know? So, so don't worry about that. So we have that illumination of deliverance ministry here because sometimes that's what's needed, so, right? That's what's needed sometimes to break addiction. Uh, sometimes you actually have to get delivered from shame to be free. That's okay. I've been delivered from shame, uh, different layers of it uh, through different times of my life, right? You kind of, you get the Lord delivers you, heals you, and then it's because you weren't ready to go to the deeper part where, you know, that was all, um, those roots are wrapped around your identity of your soul. And if the Lord rips it out right then, you just <laughs> feel like a hollow, a hollow uh, garden. So the Lord's compassionate in the way that he deals with us. And I know many of you have been on this journey with the Lord, and I thank you for that. Um, but I, I want to, just in, in closing, I want to, as speaking to the new believers, but also to those that have walked with the Lord for a long time. Something last night that the Lord spoke to me, as he said, I'm sending a wind of my spirit. And I want to open a lot of doors with my wind of my spirit, Holy Spirit. But there are believers that start to see the door move. And they've been praying for it to move or open with a specific key. And they're not seeing it open with that key. And so I actually saw a picture of someone running over and grabbing the door and pulling it closed. And then going back and asking the Lord to bring the key. And he said, I was going to open it a different way if you would humble yourself and let me do it my way. If you would let the wind of my spirit come, if you would lay down what you know of me or how I've worked in your life before, if you would humble your heart to a different sound or a different sign or a different wonder, because this is what happened is that Oftentimes when the Lord moves in new ways, it's new. We are, even people that have walked with the Lord, you, you're kind of uncomfortable for a minute because you've never seen this before. And that's what, in, in Joel it says, this was that that they prophesied because people wanted to know, is this, the, is, is this supposed to happen like this? Like, we don't know. Like, you know, Jesus, when he said, I'm sending the helper, he didn't tell them what sign was going to come with that. He didn't tell them what sound was going to come with that. They had to humble themselves they had to wait on the lord and i believe that you know god knows his perfect timing maybe they were maybe he was waiting for that posture of you know they were so familiar with how jesus did it and that was their context and i don't know if maybe in that period of waiting the lord opened them up to the humility and posture of I don't care what it is as long as you come. I've been here a long time. <laughs> like that desperation of humility that we need. And that's what I felt the Lord saying is that let him move on you the way he wants to move. You and free you in the way and order that he chooses. Let the king of glory pass by your life and let the train of his robe fill your temple. And you just jump onto those coattails of that robe and you ride around like a kid being pulled by a blanket on a wooden floor by their dad. <laughs> That's what I thought about that. 
<laughs> and you ride on the Father's glory in, in that place, slide around the throne room, and let him fill you with so much joy and so much love and so much overcoming and so much wholeness of who you are to him and so much of his completed work that it's not so much time spent on how I have to get better so that I can function or be of service, but, but letting the Holy Spirit do completed works in new ways because there are moments coming when the Lord is going to save, heal, deliver, and equip someone for the ministry in one service, in one moment. Do we not think that the Alpha and Omega can do such a complete work in one service, in one little time with the Lord to do a completed work? And that's what I want to get excited for, is to just put down the ways that we are comfortable with hearing the Lord and even past moves of God and be at that place where they were at at Pentecost, where they are open to hearing the new sound, seeing the new sign, being a little uncomfortable. See, I, I mean, it is foolish to think, you know, when people are drunk, they're perceived as foolish, okay? So that's a really big part of this is that there's a humility that comes. And that was that Lord kept speaking that word to me. So, yeah, this, this morning, um, as we come as little children, before the Lord. And I was thinking about like if you've if you've ever been in a, a service where the Holy Spirit is moving in a really kind of new or u- unique way. Have you ever seen somebody get up and like run around the room? Have you ever seen that? And you're like, what did they just took off? And the Lord said, well, you know, it's like they're being carried on the wind of my spirit. So sometimes you see some strange signs. Um, I was remembering something there was a an outpouring of the spirit back in this place called the in the toronto blessing i don't know much about it but i remember hearing this is wild to me that they were having people were having like pieces of gold flecks like show up in their teeth and they could like get it out and it was like like you panned for gold that is wild i thought my first reaction was like that doesn't seem real that seems strange to me that seems that's too wacky I don't really like that that makes me feel uncomfortable like why would God do that that just seems that seems really like but what I when I was preparing this message I felt like the Lord said I have a reason for the things that I do okay and I'm not to saying don't test the spirit but this is what I want to encourage you to do Test your own spirit first. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God because God's bigger enough to sort out who is performing miracles for their own gain and notoriety and popularity. Your father will sort them out. That's not your job. Okay? So just let that go. Don't have to be the Holy Spirit police. It's all right. Like, I remember when I've heard about certain signs and wonders, I was like, eh comfortable please don't talk about that that's weird you know what I mean but again that going back to that creativity of letting God come into your life and be unique with you and and we've said uh, just over the couple last Sundays like making today dad said let's sing a new song before the Lord don't be afraid to make a new sound before the Lord don't be afraid to respond to him in a new way because the Holy Spirit is coming in the posture of our hearts and that the posture of that humility of, yes, Lord, you will get to be a part 
of the beginning of the greatest end time revival that will prepare the way of the Lord. Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to see? Hallelujah. So we thank you, Lord. Lord, so we just thank you so much. We thank you for oh, your encouragement of who you are and how you move. And we just wait on you. I say, Lord, do a new thing in me. Move on me, Holy Spirit. Illuminate your light, the light and love of Jesus Christ in every place of darkness left that still needs to be separated out and where light needs to be poured in. We thank you for your opportunity to be your sons and daughters. And we just thank you right now. I just feel like the Lord is wanting to pour a fresh anointing. I feel right now the Holy Spirit says, I want to pour on a fresh anointing for evangelism. If you want to be an evangelist, if you want to speak to your friends and neighbors, the people on the street, and what you've said, oh, I've tried, or there's been a blockage, or it's not my personality, or whatever it is, I feel like the Lord right now says, open your hands, put up your head. I'm going to pour right now an anointing for evangelism. Hallelujah. And that's in response. Pastor Roger's been praying that, and the Lord said that's because I'm answering Pastor Roger's prayer. I'm going to pour it out on the whole congregation. That you will declare me, you will speak my words. And I see in, in uh, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the outer parts of the earth, oh, this, mm, this church is full of missionaries. Mm. Lord says, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> oh, the coming glory, <laughs> the glory of the Lord on the earth. Oh, hallelujah. You talk about former rain and latter rain. That's what's coming and you're going to be able to hear it. You're going to be able to hear the sounds of the rain. Hallelujah. Many of you, he's been preparing your ground. He's been watering and pruning you for such a time as this. Many of you, you've waited your whole lives for what you will see before you go uh, and be with him in glory. Thank you, Lord. And right now, I also feel there is an uprooting that's happening for some of you. When I was talking about things that have been dealt with long-term, that the Lord is, he's uprooting some dead and, and poisoning trees some systems in your life that have been completely um, just bringing death and tangling and confusion. And if after the service you want to lay the axe to any of those roots, you come up and Pastor Roger and all the ministers, they just yank that tree right out. You don't have to live like that. That's not for you. Your son, your daughter, it's not for you. Your inheritance is to walk in wholeness and it will not be what the Lord's doing now is that it's not going to be a 20-year struggle. The Lord is doing completing works. He's doing them completely, where you are healed and you are equipped and functional immediately. And that's what I just want to prophesy. And you will bring wholeness and function functionality and completeness. That's what's going to happen. When you witness to your coworkers and your friends and your families, the Lord will do a completing work. He will do it. And it's not going to take them 25 years to be whole in the Lord. You receive that in right now, the Lord's doing it. Like many of you know, this is an answer to a specific prayer. It's been prayed for a long time. All at once, complete whole, 
Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. We glorify you, Father, and we are just ready to jump onto your coattails and go wherever you are going <laughs> and be in your glory with you, Lord. We love you. Hallelujah. That's going to come up. Hallelujah. Thank you, honey. Those coming up, uh, those uh, attending in prayer, come on forward. I really appreciate the prophetic sense that the Lord doing a great thing in a short amount of time. And the Holy Spirit comes and sweeps over an area that's void and without form. And you're in darkness and he comes. How many of you really appreciate the Lord attending to you in that way? And you, you see, when you're in darkness, you're confused. You don't even know what you need. When you're broken and out of formation, you really don't know what you need. But you show up in a place where God says, let there be light. And suddenly there is a illumination of who you are to him. That's the big deal. And you're not defined anymore by who you thought you were on based on how you were treated and how your sins tried to define you, the devil tried to define you. A new definition has come. And the Lord says, I say to you who you are. And it comes via the power of his love entering your soul. There's a security that happens inside the human soul when the light of Jesus is manifest. Let's all lift our heads just one more time. I'm going to close here in a second. Just lift your heads. I want to camp on that, what Emmy said about a completed work. Just lift your head. The Lord wants to change your mind over how long it's going to take you to be better. He wants to accelerate. Accelerate the freedom that he has for you. Receive that right now. Receive that right now. He wants to accelerate the freedom. Accelerate the freedom to transform you. I believe it's that simple. As she said, it's not going to take 20 years. There's a loosing and a freedom happening because these are different days. These are different days. Let's praise the Lord. His sweet tenderness is over the congregation. Just open to him. His sweet tenderness is loving people. Just let him love you. Let him love you. Let him love you. Let the Lord love you. What is encapsulated in this message is the Lord says, I'm going to accelerate by pouring love into the places. Disappointments are leaving in the name of Jesus. Disappointments are leaving, are leaving. It's as if the Lord is just releasing an ointment like the good shepherd would pour ointment on the sheep's head and the flies disperse. The Lord says, I'm anointing you and the harassments are leaving. It's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can we stand together? Hallelujah. Father God, we want to thank you for the acceleration of our lives. 
in the purposes of God. How you redefine who we are based on who you say that we are. We thank you, Lord, for the mercy drops that have already happened in the congregation today. We thank you for destruction to things of heaviness that have held us back, certain ones. We thank you for freedom. Let's praise him. Thank you for the activity of the Holy Spirit, sweeping, hovering, moving upon our hearts as you did in every place of void without formation. You're speaking and saying, light is coming, light is coming, light is coming, light is coming, light is coming. Let's pray in the Spirit here. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have not completely given yourself to the Lord, I want to meet you down here and pray with you to come to know Jesus Christ. That's important. If you have been caught, if your heart is opening to the revelation that the Lord wants to do something deeper in you, come on down for prayer. I love the way the Holy Spirit moves upon the human heart. I love the way that he is so loving and tender. You know, here's the difference. When the devil shows up, something's stolen. But when Jesus shows up, something's restored. Love on each other. We're dismissed. Hallelujah.